Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Arcane Wonders. And hello, everyone. Welcome. Rado, how are you today? I'm doing very fine. I wish you had told me you were going to desaturate your image for our special horror-themed episode, because I would have done the same. I'm all bright and colorful, <laughs> and you're all spooky and moody. You're a regular Boo-El, as you A Boo-El, yes. Yeah. Boo-El, everyone. Welcome, uh, friends. Thank you again for joining us. My name is Ruel Gabriel. This is Rado, and this is the R&R Show, where we talk about uh, games and more every week, uh, live here on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So, Welcome everybody to seats. Again, always, it's so nice to see everyone from around the world hanging out with us today. And uh, Boo L, as Arado said, Boo, Boo, Boo. <laughs> well, <laughs> trying to get into the spirit of things. So um, again, welcome. Um, so what's happening, my friend? Well, I mean, I, I, there, there's no time to waste. I think we just need to jump right in to uh, giving away some stuff. Some free yeah, stuff. I'll, always All right. happy to see that. Right. So yeah, what was it? I, it was two weeks. Okay, so this is last week's. We are giving away from Arcane Wonders a copy of that game right there, Picture Perfect, uh, which is a an excellent, charming little uh party style game all about um, you know arranging people for the perfect picture and then actually taking that picture and scoring points and uh we are also and and that's going to folks in the united states or canada and for everybody else in the world they are competing to get another copy of cora rise of an empire i realize now as i'm pointing at these i should have just grabbed these boxes and actually been able to show them to you like this that would have been oh. the smart way to go <laughs> but we're we by the seat of our pants here yeah it's yep. all good um, so, uh, yeah, let me just go on ahead and bring up the wheel of names and let's, uh, start rolling. All right. So All right. these are the, uh, Canada, North America folks hoping to win picture perfect from arcane wonder sponsor of the show. And let's go. Whee! Good luck everybody. And it's definitely sped up this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. But anyway, who's it going to be? If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Aaron uh, Smithkins. Aaron. Right, Aaron. Congratulations, Aaron Schmidt. It's Aaron. interesting. I don't know if you can see on my screen because I've got the wheel full screen. It's actually uh -huh. a real wheel. I could actually see it crossing over to his name. And Aaron is the winner. Aaron, I'll be contacting you later this afternoon after the show. But we're awesome. not done, folks. That's just the beginning. Let me go on ahead and share my second screen. The Ninja Name Picker will be back. Let's see here. So I need to stop sharing the wheel of names and I need to start sharing the ninja Chrome tabs. Ninja, ninja, ninja. Uh, do, do, do. Where'd it go? Wheel of names, StreamYard. Ninja name. Oh, there it is. Okay. Ninja name picker. Phew. Okay. So I, did you know, by the way, Ruel, I actually, I, when I was uh, collating these lists and getting rid of duplicates and making sure I wasn't accidentally posting people's email addresses uh, publicly, <laughs> there are uh, of the two makeup, because we've got one, which is for, um, you know, North America or basically North America, Canada and US and the other one's for every place else in the world. 60% um, of the overall tally is the rest of the world. So we are truly oh. international, which I know you love. 
That, um, I do love that. I think that's so cool that, again, you know, just seeing everyone from around the world uh, joining us today. Thank you. I see Portugal's in the house, the UK. We caught a bunch of people in the US, of course. So, again, it, it's just so it's just so nice to, uh, to see that. And, um, you know, nothing beats getting a free game, right? Right. Well, let's give one away. Boom. All right. Let's do this. Here comes the ninja. Good luck, everybody. And the ninja picks Stefano Stefan. All right. I, I don't know if his last name is literally Stefan or, but that's just what he, that's, right. if you get an email from Stefano Stefan, that's what it'll say it came from. Stefano Stefan, or yes. I'm just going to call you Stefan. No, I'm going to call you Stefanos. That's more fun. Stefanos, um, yeah. Congrats, Stefanos. Yep. We'll be contacting you uh, later on today to get your details so we can get a copy of Cora in the mail. Congratulations, yes. everybody. Well done. Yeah. Enjoy those games and uh, you will be getting those emails shortly, friends. Um yep. But we're not done uh, giving away no. games, are we? Nope, nope, nope. Um, because, hey, I've got something on my table. Well, why don't you ask me? What's on my table? Hey, Rado, what's on your table? It's <laughs> Onitama, a game that I know you love. You love I do. this I, game. I really enjoy this game. This is a favorite uh, with my family. Uh, Michelle and I really got into this game a few years ago. It's a yeah. uh, simple, uh, straightforward, abstract game. And... Um, as you can see, as you're showing the the uh, bits I'm just gonna here, play it, while you talk about it because you're the one who loves it so much. Yeah, right. so it's think of chess, friends, but it's really distilled down to just a couple of moves, and these moves can be different each game. You're gonna select randomly a couple of cards for each player, and as you select a piece to move, you move it according to the card that you see there. And then you take that card and put it in the middle because oh, the other yeah. play will eventually get that card into their hand. So it's a nice like back and forth. And what you're trying to do, just like chess, you're trying to capture uh, the main piece, which I believe is a monk. Is that correct? Um, the, I, I remember, I believe uh, the little pieces are called the students and the big uh -huh. piece is called the master. The master, that's right. Yep. So there's two ways to win. You're either capturing the opponent's master or you're getting your master to the other side um, where their master is on, on that final row. And um, it's a it's a really quick 15, 20-minute back-and-forth game. As you can see there, you know, you play a card, you you move the piece according to the, that and uh, to the little um, shape there, and then you're trying to capture pieces and yep. uh, get over to the other side or yep, capture yeah. the master, cross to the other so. side or take out the, take out the opponent's master. And it's so yeah. clever because, you know, okay, I'm in this move and I can see, you know, I mean, these define what I can do with my pieces, but I know what you can do in response. Yep. So I know that, oh, well, I can move in because you can't respond to me because you can't move and take my piece. But then yes. once I use this piece... Um, you know, I am giving you this card because eventually you'll get that card. So I can be thinking about what can you do immediately, but also what you'll be able to do later. It's really clever. Um, yes. And yeah, it came and out in 2014, hugely popular. It's already gotten two nice expansions, but mm -hmm. well, we're not done talking about it because there's also Light and Shadow. Yes. Um, which I just got in the mail the other day, and it is very cool. Let me go ahead and switch to uh, another angle of the game. Um, I love it. Because, uh, you know, when you set up, you, uh, you know, you have your master. You only have two students on the board because you have additional characters running around and you hide them behind a screen. Oh. There are now ninjas in the game. And nice. um, what you do is you uh, have have these ninjas. You start them. Let's see. Do I need to 
change that camera. But there we go. There we go. So if you are the ninja player, you, I'm sorry, I got it mixed up. You don't have any pieces on the screen. You just got two ninjas that are skulking around in shadows, taking out the opponents because you still move the same way. Hey, this ninja, okay, I'll have him move up here. I'll change this card out. And I'm trying to get them ninjas to take your pieces out. You're trying to find my pieces. And um, the interesting thing is if you do maneuver in such a way that you take one of my pieces and you're getting closer to winning, your ninja's on the board. And suddenly I know where you are. And nice. so you have to be very, very careful when you strike. Um, you have to know, you have to be sure that, okay, when I strike, I can't go. But then once you're back off the screen, we knew where you were. We know how you could potentially move. And one of the things that the uh, non-ninja player, they have these little uh, lanterns, which are very cool. And by the way, these ninjas are super cool as well. Oh, yeah. um, and so you can use these to say, okay, ninja, are you in, the, are you in this? Or, sorry, are you in this row? And they have to say if they're in that row. Or do you have any ninjas in that column? You get to do it twice to try and hunt down these ninjas. That's one way to play. The other way to play is each player has a screen and each player has their own ninja that's moving around in addition to everything else. And um, you use the lanterns, or actually I think you still use the uh, ninjas. You can still use the lanterns to try to find. But um, we both have ninjas that are jumping around on the board at the same time that we are trying to do all the regular stuff of maneuvering. So two different ways to play, one of light and one of shadow. And it's really, really cool. I mean, it really takes this game to the next level. That's awesome. I have yeah. not played that expansion yet. I've only played the base game, but I love that whole, you know, uh, hidden hidden movement thing, uh, element to it. That, yeah. that is neat. Completely redefines it in two different ways, wow. the light and the shadow way. And yep. folks, we mention all this because we're giving away copies of Onitama plus Light and Shadow. That's going to be the next contest for next week. Hooray! All right. And so, how, do we, how are we going to give this away? Well, let me tell you, Ruel. What's going to happen is at some point during this episode, when we're counting down our top 10 favorite horror games combined, um, we will drop very casually, a secret word. And if we can sneak it past our opponent, which is to say, this is a competitive uh, video show, folks. We're we're trying to win. And right now, I'm losing. I mean, I think Rel is two up on me. He's beaten me twice over the last it's, couple it's of weeks. It's close. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very close. So when one of us can sneak the secret word past the other one um, and say, yeah, you lose, I'm, or, or I lose more than likely, we will then tell you what to do. You're basically going to have to send an email with that secret word. So how do you enter to win Onitama plus Light and Shadow? You watch this episode, you enjoy our our wacky hijinks, and you wait for the secret word, and we'll tell you what to do then. Whew. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so th this show is nothing but wacky hijinks, friends. Uh, thank you <laughs> oh. again for joining us. I do want to shout out uh, Corthane over there on Twitch. Uh, they said that they love uh, Onitama, and they bring it... They bring it to restaurants a lot and actually oh, yeah. play it there. And, you know, people see it. It reminds them of chess. And they have gotten people into the game just by bringing it to the restaurant. I, I love stories like that. I, I've done the same thing um, with this, bringing to our local gaming meetups where, you know, people who are new to gaming, you put Onitama out there. It's very... Very easy to get into, so mm -hmm. that, it's a it's a terrific game for that purpose. So, can I ask you a question though? You know this absolutely. game a lot better than me, and I uh -huh. looked online, and it seems like nobody knows the answer to this, and it's driving me nuts. The uh -huh. cards you're getting, you know, they represent all these different moves you can do. They yep. either have blue or red or grayish brown squares. What do those mean? I've looked at the rule book; it doesn't say anything about it. I it's not, it's not like it's and you. Well, you're colorblind, of course, so you maybe didn't even right. notice. 
Yeah. Um, I, you know, there are threads devoted to this on board game geek. People arguing, um, like scholars pouring over the Talmud trying to figure out what do these colors mean? Because it doesn't say in the rule book. I I thought it was so there's a gray as well. I thought it was just the yes. two different Okay. Nope. There's, there's, yeah. Well, I mean, there's the icons. Uh, you know, the icons in the corner tell you whether it's the red or the blue player who goes first. But, okay. You know, that's there's different colors. That's what I thought it was. Too. It's very okay. mysterious. If anybody in, well, yeah, somebody says it's to decide who goes first, but um, that's that's the what color I in the was. corner. That's not yeah. the colors on the pieces. So interesting. Uh, it's a mystery. There's mysteries um, woven into this game, folks. Apparently, yeah. but yeah, oh. uh, we, watch for the secret word, and then come back next week. We will announce a winner. But um, I don't know. Uh, all right. I, otherwise, I think we are ready to start counting down because it Look, is yeah. the Halloween season. There it is. So yes. Oh, you know that 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 question you just asked is going to haunt me for the rest of the day. So um, thanks a lot for that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what what it seemed like the the most common um, guess was is that at a glance red cards tend to um, favor going to the or, or, you know uh, rightwards movement and okay. the cards tend to favor a leftward movement and the uh, gray cards tend to be equal on both sides like you okay. can see this red. Um, it's saying, hey, you can move forward on the on the right, whereas this blue says, well, if you want to move forward, it's going to be on the left. That seems to be the okay. prevailing notion. That, that, that makes sense. Because yeah. you can be thinking, right, okay, because, I mean, when you're playing this game, you're thinking, well, okay, on the next turn, when I get this card, oh, it's going to be this way, i got to remember. So it's maybe just a quick visual way to be able to say, okay, I know if I want to push forward on the right, I want to get red cards. Maybe. Yeah. That's funny that, you know, like, it's so subtle. Like, I didn't even notice it. So that, that's, Most yeah, people I'm, don't. Yeah, I I hadn't noticed it. And then I was just setting up this morning and I was like, wait a minute. Have those always been there? What does this mean? (laughs) And I thought maybe it's supposed to mean that, oh, the blue player gets two blues and the red player gets two reds and the, but it's no, it's nothing like that. It's just a mystery. Yeah. Just oh, so interesting. Uh, but, just real quick, I, I, I do want to shout out the poll that you set up in uh, YouTube. This is really well, interesting. How's it going? Poll. The best horror film, uh, the list, the top four are Alien, Get Out, It, and The Shining. And so mm-hmm. far, over half the people have re- um, voted for Alien. Ah. Really interesting. And, you know, it's for me, it was either Alien or The Shining. Those two movies creeped me out. But Because you're old. Because I'm old. I check this out. I have not seen Get Out yet. Can you believe that? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And honestly, if I've seen all these movies more than once, and if I were to sit down and watch one right now, I would want to watch Get Out again because I think think it's got. Although, man, The Shining has so much going on in it as well. Of course, Alien is great, but I've seen Alien five thousand times. I feel like. Um, Plus, if I watch Alien, I'm just wanting to watch Aliens when it boils right down to it. I know, right? Yeah, no, you're so. And it, I mostly just like the first five minutes, which are some of the creepiest moments ever put to cinema. And then the rest of the movie, I can I can skip. The rest of the movie, I yeah, I can skip it. Like I, I love the book back in the day, but I the movie, all the movie, the TV versions, all that. I, I just weren't wasn't really into it as as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we, the perfect segue into our top ten list today, friends. Yes. The top ten horror games and um. Shall I start things off, my friend? Uh, um, sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay, yeah, because I have to admit, I totally forgot. Which okay means I'm gonna have the number one slot, the number three slot, the number five slot, the number seven slot, and the number nine slot. Yes, you okay. go first. And um, by the way, before I can ask, how did you make your list? Uh, there's a lot of ways you could go. What I ultimately decided to do, I, I went on Board Game Geek. I did okay, everything that's flagged as horror. Let me know, and then I started going through. 
And there were a bunch of games I could have mentioned that are kind of silly or have cartoony yeah. artwork. And actually, yeah. probably the majority of horror games that go over well in my household, they need that cartoony presentation for my wife, who does not yeah. like horror stuff at all. But I thought, nope, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to go for real horror stuff. And so I've got nice. five games that I think are, are that play it straight, that are all genuinely creepy. And yet okay. somehow my wife enjoys them in spite of her absolute hatred of all things interesting okay yeah i i i the approach i took um just immediately i thought of okay what are the best horror game experiences i've had at the tabletop and that Mm. includes my gaming group um and then my family and um other friends and um you know i did look on bgg and then the games that i I looked at there's a lot that lined up with yes there are some really silly ones and i had those uh, on my list but i was like you know what no i'm i'm gonna go a little more scarier as well okay but that being said, I do have some silliness uh, to share. And knowing you, I, I I felt it was impossible that there would not be. In fact, I mean, right. I could almost say with one hundred percent assuredness one of your entries. And it's um, probably this one. My number ten yeah. is Betrayal at the House on the Hill. No, that was not the one. Although if I thought about it, I should one. have said that one as well. Let's okay. go on ahead and take a looky loo. Uh, board game geek betrayal. Yes. All right. Uh, this, house this one, on the Hill. Uh, that's, it, is that the classic? Is that the new legacy one? Uh, the classic, uh, because right, well, I have unfortunately play. not been able to play the classic yet. Uh, I oh, mean, no. the um, legacy yet. Um, oh, there it is, right there. This one. Uh, this is probably the first modern horror game that I played when I got into the hobby back in 2015. Okay. And it's uh, let's just be honest. So it's, it's a big sloppy mess. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it really is. There's so many. You know, there's all kinds of errata. There's um, it's dice chucking, it's tile placement. I mean, yeah, it's, but you know what? It's so thematic and it's so fun for new gamers. And like myself at the time, back in 2015 or 2016, when I played it, I had the best time ever. Um, it was, you know, we're all there. It's semi-cooperative, right? You start in the first half of the game, you're exploring this uh, haunted house, uh, trying to get items, and then omens start showing up. Uh-oh, bad things are happening. And there's that point and at in this the game, point, it's a cooperative game, basically. It's, at the beginning of the game. Yes, We're all point. here, Scooby-Doo's and the gang yes. style, to totally Scooby-Doo, a mysterious right? um, yeah. house on the hill. Yeah. And then there's that certain point where there's too many uh, omens or whatever. Then you go to the quote-unquote haunt portion yes. of the game, where mm-hmm. things get go unravel real quickly. One person becomes a traitor. Yep. And, this is, and they this get their is own the message- special book of rules. Yes. So the game changes for them and for the rest of the survivors, different win conditions. And that's when it gets really messy because some scenarios are way more powerful for one side than the other and vice versa. And there's all kinds of rules, uh, hiccups in the rule book that it's not really, you know, that well, you know, um, thought out, but it's a lot of fun. It's just thematically. I mean, come on, like you said, Scooby-Doo, you're out there trying to, you know, get these items to fend off whoever's turned traitor and, either try to kill them or escape them or whatever. Um, I have a lot of fun with this game. Now, that being said, it's I, I totally I understand its faults and people, it's a lot of dice chucking and there's there's going to be random elements. But you know what? For like an hour or so, why not play Betrayal um, at the House on the Hill? That's my number 10, top 10 horror Yep, game. I agree. I tried playing this once as a two-player game with Jen, which is wrong. It's three-player <laughs> game. I just wanted to right. experience it. And I could see how cool it must be. The interesting thing is, as I was scrolling through images on Board Game Geek, the majority of them weren't just pictures of the game, but pictures of people playing the game. Right. And I right. think that says a lot. You don't often see that on Board Game Geek pictures. But this is the game as much about everybody else around the table. And somebody's going, oh my gosh, I'm actually haunted by 
Edgar Allan Poe, or I'm right. actually a space alien, or or everybody's yeah. out to kill me, um, you know, or, or whatever it might be, and you know that you get that halfway point, and get, was it like fifty different special storylines? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's always been a cool idea. And if you really want, there's a legacy version of it that came out a few years ago that seems very, very even cooler. Yeah, All right. I've heard nothing but great things about the legacy version. And that one, it's really neat because you're playing over generations, right? Your family and friends, uh, generations and, you know, the haunts that you do earlier in the game will definitely come back into play during the later, uh, latter part of the game. So, yeah, that's my number 10. Uh, that's Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I imagine there are plenty of people who would agree with that. Yes. I mean, yeah, the chat's a, actually yeah. talking about it. Um, yep. Oh, hey. Um, Robert Geislinger of Arcane Wonders has actually arrived in the chat just now. He's over there hey. on Facebook. Robert, sorry, we're going to interrupt the top 10 for a second. Robert, yes. what does it mean that on Oni Thomas, some of the cards are have red squares, some have blue squares, and some have brown squares? It's a great, it's the great mystery of the game. Let us know, Robert. Yeah, we spent way too much time talking about yes, that. Yes, we did. We got to get back to the list now. But um, Robert will fill everybody in on that. Yes, hey, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Okay, we're okay. moving on to my number nine, which, interestingly, I was actually really surprised it is not classified as a horror game on Board Game Geek. And I don't oh. care because it definitely is. It's Time Stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. In fact, actually, I'm just going to do a Rotto. I'm going to put my run through of it. Auto time stories, uh, rather than just static images. So um, it, it, this is a game where we are all time travelers from the future who have jumped back in time to um, make right what once went wrong. It's basically Quantum Leap, the board game, for all intents and mm. purposes, uh, which I love in and of itself. And the interesting, it's also... Groundhog Day, the board game, because the whole notion of this game is you go back, you're exploring, you know, um, you know, 1980s America or, you know, Spain in the 1500s or you know, whatever it might be. And you're going on adventures. You are slowly discovering what um, what has messed up in the timeline and how are you actually going to solve the problem. But eventually you'll realize, oh, we run out of time. We have to go back to the future. And so you repeat everything you just did. But now the second time you do a time run, you not, you, it's like you almost have a cheat code. You can fast forward. You know the things to avoid. Don't go into that closet. There's a monster, whatever it might be. And you can zip. And, and, I, and Jen, I love the structure of this game. And the reason it's on my list is, and I don't understand why it's not uh, labeled appropriately on board game. It is totally horror game. The first, ex the first module that comes in the base box uh, is a super dark very, very creepy game uh, where you jump into um, basically homicidal uh, killers in an insane asylum. And you're and you're having to deal with all these truly creepy people. And the longer you stay in there, you start finding out there's strange occult goings on and all of that. And you know, you get to the end and you find out what's behind it all. Um, and then that just the, is the first of many, many adventures. The second one, you go into like 1987, and it's it's a zombie apocalypse. So there's tons and tons of horror stuff. Yeah. And the thing that's most brilliant that makes me love time stories above all, and it really accentuates the horror is when we get to a given area, players split up. I say, okay, I'm going to go check out that car. You go talk to that person who's in danger or whatever it might be. And everybody looks at their own card. You flip the card over and you see what it is. Nobody else gets to see it. And after I, and you deal with it, you say, oh, oh, well, that's a problem. Oh, that's scary. Or, oh, I have to make a tough choice or I have to fight a zombie or whatever it might be. Um, when you're done, you put the card back down and nobody else gets to see that. You have to explain what happened. You have to literally tell a story 
to your teammates. And that makes you, um, you know, implicitly part of the drama, especially when you get to the scary stuff. Because sometimes you'll see these cards and they can be really haunting and disturbing things. And you're like, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to describe what happened to me. It was it was really creepy and all that, and it's just awesome. Um, you know, I mean, in that in that regard, because of this extra system they have, it's almost like we're playing you know a, a spooky party game when we're yeah. in the spooky stuff. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes there's uh, some of the modules have very little, if none, of the spooky horror stuff. Some of them it just really surprises you and come out of nowhere. Um, one of the later modules in the game was so horrific. Halfway through, my wife said, "I'm going to stop playing. This is too much. This is going oh. to literally." haunt me i have to stop playing this now you can finish it by yourself um wow so i mean wow. you can really get deeply involved and for people i have seen a lot of people say ah that whole thing it's just easier to read the card look at read the card tell everybody what you want because we have to we don't want to make sure we don't we don't want anybody to miss any clues i'm like oh you're so robbing yourself at a truly special experience of you becoming a storyteller um because you you you, you don't say well let me tell you what happened to my character you say what happened to me and that pulls you in in a way that I've never seen in another board game, which is why it comes in on my list at number nine, Time Stories. Yeah, I've got to admit, I never would have thought of this as a horror game. But, you know, now that you bring up everything here, it, it totally makes sense. I Was it, do you think it's not classified that way just because the, I didn't feel like they marketed, marketed it like that? Um I guess, you know, the interesting thing, um, it's more when like it came out, uh, it, you know, it, it had the the one uh, module, which was, you know, in an insane asylum. Right. And then it, there was one additional one for sale called the Marcy case. And the, and the interesting thing is they literally tried to keep this the Marcy case a secret. You know, oh, what's happening? Yeah. You're just going back to 1987. You'll find out when you get there. And then you're supposed to be surprised that it's zombies. But yeah. everybody immediately said, of course, it's zombies. And it was kind right. of, you know, just from reading the back of the box, it's like, well, this kind of sounds like zombies. And that one picture kind of looks like zombies, but they were just like <laughs> trying to be really coy about it. Um, yeah. so, so you would be genuinely surprised. Now, my wife is surprised because she never knows what she's going to get until she sits down at the table. But right. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I, there is no choice about it. It is 100% a horror, a, a horror game and often a very horrifying game as well. Yes. Great choice. And, you know, um, real quick, I want to uh, circle back to our friend Robert from Arcane Wonders. He has Oh, oh he has. Us. Has he answered the mystery? Yes. He says, green keeps the flow of the game more forward and backward on the board. Red cards will take the game motion more to the right side of the board from the player's perspective. Okay, Boom. there you go. So people wow. guessing on Board Game Geek were almost right, except they didn't realize the green is forward focused. Yep. So, Interesting. Wow. Mystery solved, friends. All Just right. like the Scooby-Doo gang, we figured out the answer to that. <laughs> Great choice. That's your number nine, uh, Time Stories. Let's move on to my number eight, shall we? Yeah, uh, my number eight. Um, it's, a, it's on the lighter end of things. It is the game Horrified from Robinsberger. This is the uh, one I knew there was no way this wasn't going to be I, on your list. Yeah. I and figured, when you yeah. said you were going to have a silly game, I'm like, okay, he put Horrified on the list. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a different silly than uh, Betrayal uh, um, House on the Hill. This one is very light, um, uh, very light cooperative game. Uh, at its heart, it's a pick up and deliver game. You're trying yep. to, you know, fight the different monsters. They have different abilities. Uh, you as players have different abilities. And then the monsters, I mean, I, I love the little minis that they have in this game. Uh, the monsters all have different um, uh, fight conditions and how to, you know, oh, wow, people have actually painted yeah well. I, I need fantastic. to be able to i mean i don't want people the, the minis don't come painted it's just yeah they, they don't pictures look of their painted good. minis that is yeah. very misleading let me find pictures that aren't of painted minis <laughs> but that's what 90 percent of all the pictures will be of course 
Yeah. But anyways, uh, this is an awesome gateway game. I, you know, if I was uh, playing games with either casual or new gamers, Actually, I'd probably good. pick this one over Pandemic. And the reason is Pandemic can be a lot more punishing than Horrified. Horrified is uh, definitely lighter, uh, easier to get into, and not as punishing as uh, Pandemic. You know, Pandemic, you just got those disease cubes every round just, um, you know, springing out uh, everywhere. Whereas Horrified, I think you can get a little more control, especially as new players you are trying to figure out, hey, I need to take this item over here. Or to, you know, with we just saw Frankenstein's uh, Monster and the Bride. I think you have to keep them apart for a while before mm -hmm. you can actually uh, defeat them. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, I mean, I love the universal theme. You know, you have the creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Dracula, all the classics there. Um, they actually have a new one that just came out, the American Monsters, which has like more modern monsters, I believe. Oh, really? Like what? Yeah. So they've uh, rethemed it. Um, I think it's Horrified American Monsters or something like that, where they have like the Chupacabra, they have Bigfoot and things like that. You know, some of those urban myths and uh, urban legends and so forth. Um, but yeah, that though there it is right there, American yes. monsters. Yeah, I should have that I, because I, that wouldn't be full of pictures of people painting their minis. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a really fun gateway style uh, co op game, and uh, we just we actually played. Michelle and I played with a we had a double date um about a year ago and played this game for the first time. We all really enjoyed it. Um, there's some pictures you're throwing up there right now. The uh, the new game, uh, American yeah. Monsters. Um, it, it's a wonderful little uh, co-op uh, pick-up-and-deliver monster game set in the universal, old-school Universal Monsters universe. The original game. one, and then you got new stuff. Uh, well, I yeah. mean, I, I cannot deny the popularity of this game. It is such a monster, monster hit. Uh, actually, I didn't mean a pun there, but I... I, I see what did. you did there. Very, I, that's I, very I didn't cunning, mean to my do friend. That, honestly, uh, no pun you know, intended. No pun intended. That's but, a very um, cunning and clever move of you, my friend. Yes, but honestly, I mean... Everything I've seen in the game, it's, I mean, you mentioned it's its a pandemic-esque game, and I would definitely yeah. agree with that, but I think it's its very, very light. It is a super-duper oh, yeah. lightweight game. Yeah. Almost yeah. a trifle. I mean, I think, um, what's it, the uh, the Flashpoint Fire Rescue actually is a heavier game than this. Oh, um, I agree, 100%, yeah. Yeah, and Flashpoint Fire Rescue is a really, really lightweight gateway game. So, yeah. I mean, I get that it's great for gateway audiences, and we yeah. share... We have uh, joint custody of this list. It would not have made my top ten um, yeah. just because I, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I would sooner play um, the uh, Call of Cthulhu Pandemic one, which isn't on my list. Okay, that's also much yeah. much lighter. But I, right. I mean, again, I can't fault you because oh my gosh, this game is so popular. People love it. Yeah, so much. Yeah. So uh, just to back up, I, I did say I, I said it twice. I said mm. it was a very clean. no, you didn't. I did. Why did you? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to watch the replay. It's because I, it's because I'm still not used to doing the pictures, and I was struggling. Stop showing lies. You know, I, I, I mean, folks, folks, folks. Sorry, let's pause for a second because the secret word is cunning. Cunning, I, and I can't even think of when you said it. It was it was like about a minute ago, and I was saying it uh, when you were you were talking about um, uh, this, and I said, "Oh, it's a very cunning and clever thing that you did." Blah blah blah. And watch oh my gosh, you even talked about me, and you did it. <laughs> You're like taunting me. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, yeah. Uh, cunning folks, because of course, playing Onitama, you need to be a very cunning player in this That's kind right. of chess like uh, game. And also, the other game um, uh, or that we uh, we didn't did oh. we talk about. We didn't talk about. Folks, we didn't even talk folks, about folks, it. Folks, folks, folks. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, let's pause for a second to go back. Yeah. Oh. To, we, we talked about, we're giving away two games this week. 
One of them is Onitama. The other one, um, for folks who are not in the United States or Canada, is Lands of Galzir. Lands of Galzir, wow. uh, which is a very big, expansive, um, you know, a narrative adventure game. Uh, from designer artist Sammy Lasco, and I love Sammy. Is the the world he's created? Uh, it's basically the Merchant Cove games, but this has turned it into like you know a big campaign with multiple chapters and all that. There's an app you can use to um, you know do the keeping track of all the storytelling stuff. Uh, it had a very very successful Kickstarter run, and when Shay covered it, and um, it's actually now open for um, you know what's it called the pledge manager for folks who missed it. It is available now, um, and yeah, I mean uh, definitely go, do a search for Rado Galzir, and you'll be able to see Shay's wonderful run through he did. It really kind of captures. I mean, this is a wonderful gateway family friendly adventure. If you've always wanted to play a Descent with your kids. This is the game to get nice. or Runebound because it's it's just nice and easy to pick up and play. Wonderful storytelling, um, charming and lovely. And for everybody that are not in the United States or Canada, next week we're giving away a copy of Lands of Galzir. Uh, if you're in the United States and Canada, we're giving away the Onitama bundle, Light and Shadow, plus the, uh, the original game. And right. so... Now that Ruel has said the secret word and he has put the directions on screen, what you need to do is send an email to contest at rotto.com with the secret word in the title of that email. And the secret word, once again, um, thanks to my very cunning co-host, was ah, cunning. Yes. And uh, be sure, friends, uh, to in the body of the email, uh, put the country you're in so we know yes, exactly thank you. where, yep. you know where we're going to send the game. Yep, that's how I what know how, which uh, which bucket to put you in, whether you're yes. in the Onitama bucket or the Galzir bucket. Both excellent buckets to be in, I have to yes. say. And come back next week, and we will pull two more names out of a hat to win all of this stuff and all of that right there. Okay. Right. So good luck, everybody, yes. And oh, I man. that was funny that we we totally missed that early on. Like, it's like, what happened? What, well, I know? mean, we got there in the end. Um, yep. Sammy... Uh, thank you for um, you know donating a copy for the folks to win, uh, and thanks again to Arcane Wonder for supporting the show. These are great giveaways, both. But now we are going to move on. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm still. It's it's because I was trying to just find gameplay pictures, and I was so frustrated by that, and, and you just snuck right in there. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a, a slick and cunning move on my part, but indeed, you, know, indeed. you can stop. We, we, we shall see. We get next... it. It was cunning. Fine, understood. <laughs> next week is a new week, man. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm, am uh, I so down was, three now? I think. Is that that? Oh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're down two because the previous we had that one week where we gave it to chat because chat caught oh, us. Oh right, you know, yes. We, we because we both uh, messed up and we both we said both it and didn't up. realize we'd said it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So okay. shout out to chat. Um, let's move on. So that was my number eight, horrified. Let's go on to number seven on the list. All right, number seven is uh mine and oh my list fell into the background. Yes, my number seven is oh man, I love this game so much. London Dread. I don't know if you oh, played this. Uh, this is from Gray Fox Games. Uh, it kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, it failed to make as big of a splash as I think it should because, oh my gosh, this game is brilliant. It is a game of, a uh, cooperative game of Victorian horror, as they uh, point out on the box. And, um, you know, so it said in the, you know, the late 1800s, we are a, a group of folks who are traveling around London trying to investigate mysterious goings on. There's cultists who are 
doing all kinds of nasty things. And um, you know what that leads to. And so I, I won't have to go into too much detail there. But the thing that makes me love this game so much is when you first set it up, you've got the city of London and a whole bunch of face down cards that represent all kinds of different things that are waiting for you. Some of them are actually story. There's like a chapter one, two, three, four, and five card, but those are hidden amongst all kinds of encounters and opportunities that pop up. And what happens is when you start playing, you actually start a timer. Uh, you can use an app. Uh, the game has a wonderful app, or you can just use, you know, an egg timer or your smartphone or whatever. And I forget, I think you get five minutes, which don't, I mean, for people who are like, ah, time to game. No, no, no. Don't worry. Five minutes is more than enough time. Um, you're, you're never going to feel like, oh, if I only had more time, it's only there to give you a little bit of urgency because what you're doing is we all look at the board. We all start working simultaneously to plan and plot. What are we going to do? We can just start turning cards face up. And just looking, so oh look, I I found the old curio shop, or oh my goodness, there's the there's the the dark alley. Who should go over there? And you can see these cards. You can see what you'll need to be able to resolve them. But nobody does anything yet. Here's the deal: we are trying to find the actual plot cards, and um, once we find them, we should stop looking because the more cards that are revealed, that's more stuff we have to deal with. Because if we don't deal with everything we revealed, that raises the dread up, which will really smash us down in the final boss fight that effectively happens. So we, we, we find where all the things are. We found a bunch of other stuff that we now have to deal with. And then the brilliant part is we start planning our day. We start planning um, you know, a 24-hour period of time where we say, what am I going to do at 6 o'clock in the morning? What am I going to do at 5 o'clock in the evening? Or um, you know, 6 o'clock in the evening? Where am I going to be at midnight? And everybody is planning how they're going to travel around the city. Um, and uh, we're all doing this, you know, uh, you know working together, of course. Because, uh, you know, I might be really strong or I might have allies that will help me beat up the, the, the thugs on the dock. So I say, OK, I'm going to be over there. But then I see, oh, I'm going to need a uh, I'm, I'm going to need a particular item. And I know that has to be picked up, um, you know, in the morning on the other side of town. And then you say, don't worry, Russell, says, you know what? I'm going to be on the west side of town at eight o'clock in the morning. I'll be sure to get that so that by four o'clock in the afternoon, when you go to beat up the thugs, you will have what you need. And it's awesome. It wow. is such an interesting game, unlike anything else. And it's all because of this real-time uh, planning and scheduling. It's basically a programming game where I'm going to program my the entire um, you know, 12 chapters of what I'm going to do over this 24-hour period. Um, you know, some cards you can't visit unless it's day or dusk or you know, or morning or evening. And so you have to worry about that. Sometimes you have to rendezvous with other people. We okay, to do this, we both need to be here. And somebody has to go um, you know, uh, you know, recruit. Madam, Madam Shadow, and bring her with you because it'll be the three of us to be able to deal with this card. Okay, let's all make sure we're there by eight o'clock because that'll give us four more hours until midnight to do the last little things. It's wow. it's amazing. And I, I, I cannot stress how good it is. Basically, after we've all, you know, we had the five minutes to reveal cards and then do all our planning, and then once the timer is done, and like I said, you don't have to worry about the timer. You'll have more than enough time to make all these plans. We then just go through. Okay, what did everybody do at three in the morning? What did everybody do at five in the morning? What did everybody do at seven in the morning? And what will inevitably happen is, oh crap, I was supposed to pick up the thing. I'm picking it up at nine o'clock, but it's seven o'clock. You don't have the thing you need. And so you have to deal with the consequences of the planning you were trying to do. It's wow. it's incredible. The and and now it's also a horror game. It, although this is almost a friendly friendly game. You could play this with a wide okay. variety of people, except for the app. 
Because the interesting thing is, uh, uh, you know, when you get to the main chapter stories, there's a book of plot beats, and it says, "Oh, here's where you're going to go next." But here's what happened when you got to, you know, the abandoned apartment, um, you know, where the person disappeared from. And the descriptions you read in these plot beats are macabre. They are very, okay. very dark, like super get under your skin, creepy dark. Um, wow. even though the rest of the game is like kind of a, a high, you know, a, like a, a high tension. Oh, we're trying to do all this planning and we're using resources and we're rolling dice. But then when you get to the story, it's like, Oh, that is really proper London dread. Um, you know, it, wow. it, it, it doesn't mince words. And the most important thing is if you get the app, you can get all of those beats read to you by a professional voice actor who is amazing. Oh, I mean, really, some of the best cool. writing and acting I've heard. And I mean, Gray Fox spared no expense. And so it really ratchets up the creep factor in this game. Nice. Um, so it's interesting. It goes from like these dizzying highs of like almost like an action scene. It feels like in a movie. But then, oh, now it's slowing down. And this is going to be creepy. This is going to be bad. <laughs> what happens in, in the next chapter? And I think if I recall correctly, the game comes with either five or six um, campaign chapters. But they are all replayable, infinitely replayable in the same way Pandemic is replayable. Um, it's yeah. just you know what the story beats are, but you still have the puzzle of how to best um, you know canvas the city. It's fantastic. Uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. My number uh, was it seven London Thread. Wow, I have never played this game, and honestly, I've heard the title, but I never thought I I, I thought London Dread was like a title of an album or something like that. <laughs> I, it was, yeah, I didn't. I did not know. I mean, just to your based on your description, I want to play this. This looks amazing. Yeah. Why isn't it, why is this not more popular than? I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, I maybe I, I bad timing just didn't come out at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I suspect. I mean. For a lot of players, any hint, any whiff of real time is an instant pass. That, that's pass. true. Yeah, that, and, that could be it. And honestly, I don't know if it was necessary. Because like I said, you know, Jenna, I mean, even when they get later and they're more complicated, there's still mm -hmm. only so many places in the city. Five minutes is more than enough. And I think the rules even allow you to say, hey, you know what? If you want, you can just take more time. Don't worry about it. It's And oh. so I think maybe they did themselves a disservice by even having that at all, just to kind of yeah. ratchet up the tension a little bit. Maybe that would be my best guess. Um, okay. I mean, to be fair, one problem it did have, it had a kind of a representation issue because one, there's only two female players you can play. One is a nun and one is basically a stripper. And if you play <laughs> as the blonde stripper, the, your character card is literally you walking around in your lingerie. And that's like, oh, that's a missed opportunity. That yeah. was kind of unfortunate. I mean, Jen, Jen always wants to be the blonde lady if she can, because she's blonde. And so okay. I remember she would actually take one of the unused dread cards and literally cover herself up. It's like, okay, look, you're, you're not dressed properly for going out on the cold, foggy streets of London. Um, that was a bit unfortunate as well. Yeah, I mean, some I missed opportunity. down there. a little for that. Someday yeah. I hope it gets a reprint and an expansion because, yeah. oh my gosh, it is great. London Dread. Yeah, I'm assuming it's out of print right now, right? Um, I would imagine so. This game yeah. came out a while ago. Um, okay. but it's probably not wow. that hard to find. Uh, cool. yeah, highly recommend. All right. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to move on to, uh, thank you for your number seven. I'm going to move on to number six, which I know What's is going to be a little controversial. My number oh, six. My. Um, it's a, it's a new game that I really enjoy. And the reason why it's going to be controversial as you'll see, so I'll, I'll just name it. My number six is whirling witchcraft. So uh, it's okay. not the most hardcore okay. horror theme. It's more of like a Halloween themey. <laughs> Again, another light game. Don't don't worry, friends. I'm gonna get a little heavier as as I get my next couple of games here. But Whirling Witchcraft is lightly themed. It, it's horror in the sense that hey, we were like cooking toads and stuff in our little witch's brew and concocting these little recipes and stuff. But oh my gosh, 
This have you played this game? This is an absolute, yes, I have. It's a brilliant design. It's so much fun. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. It's an engine builder, a really quick and fast. Um, you know, I, I would call it a filler for uh, more uh, seasoned gamers. But what you're doing is everyone has a workbench. You're all witches with your workbench with some ingredients that start off, and you're trying to fulfill the recipes that you have on your recipe cards. And as you do, you put their ingredients down, and then they're going to produce ingredients from the supply. And those ingredients you can either use to fulfill your recipe cards or you put them in your cauldron. And that's the important part because the cauldron is eventually going to get passed to your opponents. And then they have to place those ingredients that you produced under their workbench. And if they have no space, that, that ingredient or those ingredients go back to you for points. And it's a race to five points. It's so much fun. Uh, Michelle and I love this. I loved it. At, um, I think it's four players is the max. Or maybe yeah. it's five players, but uh, four players is really chaotic and fun. Um, the best way to describe this, Rado, I feel like, and I've heard this described before as the I Love Lucy episode where it's the chocolate factory. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you're trying to make it so your opponents have too much chocolate or too many ingredients and they fall off and you get victory points for that. Yep. Um, and when when, when people think horror, they think Lucille Ball. Definitely. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so Everyone in Hollywood this- will tell you that. This is a super light horror theme game or a Halloween game, but gosh, I love it so much. Honestly, it just came out this year from AEG, um, and they've been they've been knocking it out of the park with their games recently. It's fantastic, it, yeah. It's it, a really, it I mean, it's it's hard. It's an engine building game where yeah. the fuel that runs my engine is given to me by you, and yes. that level of interaction between players is absolutely brilliant. I would allow this if we were doing top ten Halloween games. Okay. okay. As um, let's see, uh, somebody in the chat or Kabuki Kid says. So does that mean Quacks of Quenlinburg is a horror game too? Because you're also uh, making potions there. <laughs> There's witches and potions, sure. There's but, witches. Yeah, I knew witches yeah. are horrible. They're they're horrible, right? And think about it. Like in some of those, I know they're cubes, but the the green ones represent toads. Come on, you're putting toads. That, that's pretty scary, right? Okay, <laughs> let me have this one, and we'll move on. Um, that's uh, it is. I. I, I <laughs> I, 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 a questionable choice, but not a questionable design. It's a great, great game. Yeah, it is a great game. Thank you. So that's my number six, Whirling Witchcraft uh, from AEG. Let's All let's right. move on to, I guess. A, don't worry, friends. I do have some scarier games here on deck, but we're gonna go uh, to Rado now. You got your number five uh, game coming up. That is correct. I'm pulling it up now, and right. here we go. And it's proper, proper horror. It's from um, Walking Dead: No Sanctuary oh nice now this is this one this one blew up this one had a very very successful uh kickstarter run although i think it maybe yes. ran into some problems with kickstarter but i mean it ultimately made it out i'm gonna put all that aside i don't really know the story can we actually show a picture of the game instead of pictures of cards please there's a picture of the game there's a picture oh uh, it's gonna be another <laughs> game full of painted minis all yes. right folks you'll have to remember there are not painted minis they're gray but where's a good picture oh heck with it this is a good picture um you know there um oh, yeah. This is obviously set in the Walking Dead universe. It's set during the first few seasons of the TV show. And I love it. I love it so much. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it does the beats you would expect. I mean, this is not a zombie side, high octane, kill all the zombies as fast as you can. This is true to the story. This is a game where, okay, the more we fight, the more we kill, the more trouble we're going to be in because the noise we make brings more and more in. We are better off just trying to avoid the shambling hordes of walkers and just try to get done what we need to get done. Um, in fact, I mean, you will spend more time um, shoving zombies just to push them out of the way because you don't make a lot of noise and it just it doesn't take a lot of time to do it. Just just so you can move on and you know they will oh these pre-painted minis all right we're going back to me um, <laughs> it does look pretty oh, awesome though Got walking dead um yeah i'm just gonna show my video which doesn't have the miniatures uh this is a prototype okay. but it actually does show 
Um, it, 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 it lies in a different way. But anyway, so the, the, the horror stuff is, is very good. I mean, now, to be fair, this is Walking Dead horror. Usually, the zombies aren't that much of a threat. Usually, it's just, okay, you got to be smart. You got to stay ahead of them. They're very slow. Every once in a while, you'll get a jump scare or whatever. Um, but really, they're, they're just kind of more of an omnipresent threat that's just pushing you through the campaign, through the adventures you're going on. The true horror, Ruel, is not the zombies. It's man. It's Amazing. us. Um, yes. Which, of course, again, you know, that's the whole thing. We're the yeah. Walking Dead, as uh, <laughs> as Rick eventually shouts in a very dramatic moment. Because um, yes. here's the thing: this is actually from design by the the Sadler brothers. Uh, was it Brady and William Sadler? Um, this mm-hmm. was one of their first designs, and oh my gosh, it was so amazing because it's a fully cooperative game. And the trick of it is, every round, whichever player is is the current leader of the group draws two event cards and must pick one of them to go into effect. And this is always a tough choice, and the leader cannot talk to their teammates. You truly feel alone. You feel the burden, the responsibility of leadership when you have to decide between really horrible event X or Y that gives everybody a goal that we have to do this round, but it also tells everybody how they have to behave. Because you can either be aggressive or passive or defensive, trying to hide. And, you know, those come in yellow, red, and green, which might be a problem, but I think there were icons for the colorblind folks as well, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem. The thing is, I make this choice. It's a tough choice. Now, in addition to whatever else we had to do, we have to deal with this event that I chose for us. And because I said I chose the aggressive card, everybody from their hand must play an aggressive card. And if you don't, if you play a passive or a hiding one, that represents you, Ruel. We're not following my leadership. And I start suffering stress. And the more stress I get, the more um, you know, debilitated I am, the, the worse I get. And the interesting thing is, I might not fall if I don't play an aggressive card, because I might not have any aggressive cards in my hand. And yet I chose the event because the other event would have been even worse. And um, if I don't follow the orders I gave to everybody, everybody else loses trust in me. And there's trust tokens that are also a, a resource in this game as well. And it's brilliant. Eventually, one player will get so stressed because people keep not following orders <laughs> that the leadership mantle will go to the next player and then they'll start having to make all the decisions. But it's just so brilliant. It almost has kind of, you know, it's a hidden communication game. It's kind of got that yeah. Hanabi vibe. I've got all my cards. Please pick red. I definitely want to play a red card. Why are you saying we need to be sneaky right now? I don't care. I'm going to play this red card anyway because this is what I need to do. And then I, me as the leader, like, what is wrong with you? And you know, and the bonds start breaking because we're all under this incredible stress. And meanwhile, the zombies never stop coming. Yes. And every yeah. time you shoot, you make noise. It's going to make even more of them come. And it's a really brilliant design. Also, not for Love. nothing, I generally don't like roll to resolve dice, and this has roll to resolve dice, but it may be one of the best examples of it I have ever seen in any game. Really brilliantly done. All other games that want to do roll to resolve combat should study Walking Dead, um, no sanctuary. I. I love the the tension of you know the, trying to figure out what cards to play and who's you know yeah. it's just like the it's like the show you know there there are like mm-hmm. no good choices we are we are fighting amongst ourselves and these zombies are right right outside we're we're all someone's gonna get bit and someone's gonna die and it's I think that's a brilliant way to tie it into the theme of the game um, yeah it's you know I, I missed The Walking Dead I haven't watched it in a while I stopped after like season six or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I won't spoil anything, but I stopped after a truly monumental moment happened um, where a major character 
was um, taken yeah. off the table. And ever yeah. since then, I was like, oh, I, well, that was the character I was here for. And now that they're yeah. not here anymore, yeah. I there's actually this really great YouTube channel called Man of Recaps. I cannot recommend uh-huh. it highly enough. Every week, he does these really awesome speed recaps. He's funny. He clearly loves the show, uh, but he's also, you know, he pokes fun at it. So I am still completely up to date with everything that's happening in the Walking Dead universe. But I haven't okay. watched an episode for like two years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's because Man of Recaps is my is my jam for. I might have to check that out. Yeah, if if the character that I'm talking about ever comes back, then I'll come back. But uh, (laughs) without that character, I'm just yeah. I I I, I, the the same thing happened in 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 the. I used to read the comic book for years too. Oh yeah, comic is great. But that's neither here nor there. We're we're here to talk about ten games, not comics. Ten games. Okay. All right. So let's uh, move on. I've got, that was your number five. I'm going to move on to number four. And I had, so I've got two more games on the list. I had trouble deciding um, which order to go. And I literally almost changed this at the last minute, but I'm going to go with my number four, yeah. which is actually my number two. Yeah. It is Abomination Era Frankenstein. Really? Okay. Oh, you know, actually, did I do a run through of that? I think I did. Yeah, I, I, you might have. I'm just going to go back. I'm not going to board Geek. Just going right yeah, back. Let's do, let, yeah, show your... Uh, Let's see. Oh, here, this game, friends. Ah. I mean, this this is truly horror. This is a, a fantastic worker placement game. Super heavy on the horror theme. And it's, honestly, ah. it it is not for the squeamish, right? Because um, oh, as you pull up the video, there, all right. So I'm, I'm going back to Bargain Geek. I guess one I did oh, a okay. to this. Okay. Maybe I, I just can't spell too. abomination. Anyway, though, that's fine. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Tell it the story. Is not, it is not for the squeamish. You are no. building your own version of Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. You know, 20 years after the infamous doctor died, right? So you're going to be the heir of Frankenstein. Can you do it? You've got your uh, crew of scientists that you're going to send out to do take actions. Um, And you're also going to hire assistants. And what's neat about this worker placement is that scientists are a little more powerful than your assistants. So you get a better version of uh, the action spot. And what's really neat about the, well, neat in a really grotesque way is the body parts that you're collecting. They, these are the resources to make your monster but they are going to eventually rot and, you know, go away. And, oh, it's so nasty. And if you're desperate, you can go out and murder people yes, for their you parts. And you mm-hmm. can also use animal parts. Um, again, this is not for the squeamish. The theme is, no. I mean, it is really on point with the classic uh, Mary Shelley story, right? Um, and, oh, it's so good. It's so thematic. And I... I you know, the games that I picked, I, I can tell on my list, it's all about the theme for me, right? Uh, for horror games, you know, I really wanted these, um, besides the Whirling Witchcraft, the one which you let me slide on, I appreciate. Yep. But this one well, This is makes up drippy. for Whirling Witchcraft. No one's going right? to say, yeah, well, you know, yeah. you know, you're not treating it with kids' gloves now. Yeah, this all the kids' gloves are offs. Um, you know, you play. I think it's twelve rounds, and at the you know eventually, whoever has the most victory points, you've got to. Re- the interesting part too, when you're murdering people, I always thought this was interesting. As you murder people, you have a humanity tracker, and your humanity tracker goes down. And the more you go down on the humanity tracker, the more victory points you lose. Because come on, killing people is bad, right? And yeah. even though you're trying to create this monster, oh. It it truly is a horror game in all sense of the word. I mean, the I, I love the uh, the artwork. It very evokes that gothic theme mm-hmm. of and oh, it, it's just a wonderful worker placement game. That's my number uh, four. Uh, Abomination, the heir of Frankenstein. John Flea in the chat is going to call you and says it's a little repetitive in the second half of the game. What say you? 
Yeah, I. you know what, I, John, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually do somewhat agree with that. And what's cool was, is during the pandemic, uh, if you paid attention to the page, um, you know, I, I would get um, um, updates every now and then. They actually, the designer came up with official variants to um, shorten the game. Okay. And also a solo version as well. So you can play the solo now too. Ah. Which I'm really fired up. I, ha- I downloaded the solo rules. I have not tried it solo, but... Yes, there are ways to shorten the game now. I I, I forget what they did exactly. But yeah, those are official variants now on BGG. Uh, check it out. Um, it does shorten the game a little. Because it does, you know, I, I played it at four a couple of times. And yes, it, it did run a little long towards the end. But oh, it, it's just the theme. This is like the perfect um, scary game to play. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'd heard mostly too. That, well, you know, it's a bit on the long side. And so it's yeah. good that, you know, the publisher responded and addressed yep. that. And I'm sure you can yeah. still play the epic version or you can yep. play the express version and get all your ghouly ghastly. I mean, it's a, it's a gross, gross game. It is. But, it is. but uh, appropriately anatomically gross. I mean, there are so many cards that are literally just morgue shots. Uh, people right? who died in really horrible ways and you might have killed them oh yes this is definitely horror of the highest order and excellent yep. choice especially Thank now you that you sir. said that they did actually address some of the key issues yep yeah all right so all let's right. move on uh that was my number four let's go on to your number three my friend okay let's uh cleanse games. our palate of <laughs> a truly disturbing i'm looking into your dark soul if you enjoy this game um and try to go for a the, here's my lighter side of horror um okay. it is all right let me see if i can find it yes Ancient, terrible things. Wait a minute. I've got my own video. I can just go to my own video. Not bargaining. Right. Rado, ancient, terrible things. Now, I don't know if you know this one. I do not, but I the you cover looks familiar. I might have seen this in a game. I talked about it because this is definitely a game. um, This is basically... it's called a pulp horror because it's set in the 20s. It's it's yep. kind of like, um, you know, what is Heart of Darkness. I mean, we are on a jungle boat going into the jungle, and there yep. are unspeakable, ancient, terrible things in the jungle that we will have to deal with. All kinds of, uh, you know, innocuous, spooky ghosts, but also almost Cthulhu-esque type creatures, although none of them are ever named by hand. And um, it is a competitive game where we are trying to be the best at uh, screwing our courage to the sticking place and facing and defeating all these ancient and terrible things. And we do that through Yahtzee! Yahtzee! It is a very, very colorful, super colorful dice chucker. Um, Because what will happen is, um, when it's your turn, you will decide one of the locations to go to where you can see what ancient terrible thing is awaiting you. And you can also see what you need to do it. Like you get a, a straight or a full house of dice or a pair or two pair or whatever it might be. You know, Yahtzee's kind of stuff. And um, yeah. But the important thing is, um, at each location, there's also a special action you get to do. And when you are deciding where to go, you're like, oh, I could totally deal with that one, but I don't want to do that action. I want to do this action over here, but the uh, the uh, the card over there, there's no way I could beat that one. And so right off the bat, you're having to make tough choices. It's another entwined drafting style decision where, okay, I got to make a compromise. Am I going to focus on the action or am I going to focus on the, uh, the t- terrible thing I'm going to try and fight? But anyway, once you get there and after you do the action, you start fighting. And so you have a collection of dice that are based on your items and what character you are and all that. And they're different colors. Um, they represent the source they came from. But the important thing is you roll all those dice trying to get that straight or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't quite get it. Okay. And you think, oh, Yahtzee, no problem. I'll just take these cards and re-roll them. No. When you re-roll, you have to re-roll everything, um, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, because here's the thing. 
If you don't quite make it, um, if you don't defeat the ancient terrible thing, which you often won't, you can instead take those dice and there's a menu of things you can do. Okay, well, I didn't win, but I'll spend it to get some bravery tokens, which means I don't, I can, I can do re-rolls uh, because I think it's the bravery tokens that you can spend them to re-roll individual dice. Um, or no, that's the focus. If you earn focus, you can okay. start doing re-rolls of just specific dice instead of all the dice. So it becomes more like regular Yahtzee, but then you're burning through all your focus. Bravery, okay. you don't even have to roll the dice. If you have enough bravery, you can just defeat the thing straight out. And then there's treasure tokens, which let you go to a shop to get more items, to be able to roll more dice and manipulate the dice and do all kinds of stuff. It's it's a low-pressure game. Um, okay. The art is... It is evocative and moody, but also kind of cartoony at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, and, and so I think this is definitely something you could play um, with, as a almost a family weight game. It it it, it it's just a blast. Um, the first time I remember this was years ago. The first time we ever played it um, after we played our first game, Jen said at the time, "This is the best game we played in months." And um, we have kept oh. it all these years. It got an expansion, which was also excellent, and made it an awesome travel game as well. So you don't have to take the board with you everywhere. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It has just enough atmosphere, just enough spookiness. It's definitely a horror setting but really it's just an incredibly fun one of the best yahtzee inspired modern euro games of all time as far as awesome. i'm concerned it, and it, it, it's it has made my top 10 travel games it has made my top 10 dice games on previous top 10s i will not stop talking about it until everybody knows its name my uh, number three ancient terrible things i i need to play this you know just uh first glance, i've it. never you will totally yeah i've never it. played it it seems like something i'd love it reminds me just based on description just seeing it of uh elder sign you remember elder sign oh yeah yeah sure sure sure. yes elder sign is also kind of that same vibe uh, a horror yeah. setting yahtzee type y- stuff yahtzee is there is so much more going on elder sign is nice yeah but yeah. It, it seems too hard until you master it and then it's too easy this is a really yeah. fun competitive game that is just super um super engaging from start to finish nice yeah i i definitely need to look this one up awesome cool all right so um i'm gonna move up to the top of my list which is actually the number uh two here we're on to number uh, two okay yes our number Let two me, and uh, get ready to this- start searching this is the one I struggle with. I wasn't sure where to place it, if it should be my number one or my number two on our list. But it's number two. It is Dead of Winter, a Crossroads game. You know a classic. It's a classic uh, for me. This is um, one of uh, an early game for me when I got into the hobby um, that just blew me away at the time. Um, I, it's a cooperative game, but there's there could be a traitor as well. And mm-hmm. you know, it reminds me of what you, were, what you were just talking about with the Walking Dead game, right? You are out there trying to survive, and it ultimately pits you against the other players because you're trying to scrounge for food, supplies to make it through another night. You got the zombies, you know, the zombie standees knocking on the door ready to uh, say hello and bite you and all that. Um, it, it's yeah, In I, theory, I remember, we're all on the same side. We're all in it together, yep. except one of you isn't. Exactly. And that's always a neat thing too. like the way that they set it up and set up like you pass out these cards and you secretly find out, are you a traitor or not? So there right. sometimes there are no traitors, but it's fun when there it's funny when there's no traitor and everyone thinks there is and they start uh, you know pointing you out. They they can exile you out of the group. It's like, wait, I'm not a traitor. What are you doing? Um, the characters are really neat. Uh, they all have different, you know, um, things going on. The Sparky, the Wonder Dog. There it is. I, I love Sparky, the Wonder Dog. Um, he's great. Um, and you got the crossroads cards now. Not all of them. Yeah, talk time, about that. That's they, very important. They've got the really neat. Yeah, they've got these really neat choices, right? Um, you're gonna pull one up uh, every round, and sometimes they're character specific or event specific. Um, sometimes they're not, and you have to make a choice: Are you gonna do this or that? And just like we were just talking about, there's never a good choice. Uh, sometimes they're clear cut, but usually it's like, oh, I'm gonna lose this or lose that. 
Um, I, I love this game. Um, ever since I played, I, some of my best gaming memories are from this game. Yeah. You know, when when I was exiled as a traitor, when I wasn't, and the guy who was a traitor was the one that led the charge against me. Those type of moments in gaming are special to me. You know, you remember those moments, and Dead of Winter. All the times I played have all all kinds of uh, uh, fun fun moments like that. And so that's my number one horror game of all time, uh, Dead of Winter. And an excellent choice. I can't imagine anybody could fault you, even if people don't like the game. But I mean, one I've never played it. I've always heard that. Okay, to get it. It's full effect you need to have at least three people yes because yes. it does have two player rules and i think they even try to replicate the traitor mechanism somehow in the two player through like a prisoner's dilemma kind of thing or something like that but i never tried it and i've always just heard no 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 don't even bother unless you've got three or four or five people because yeah. you need that paranoia um, yeah you it really definitely it, come alive yeah no i have actually played this as a co-op you could do the cooperative game where it's without the trader it's oh, a okay. two-player version yes and okay. it was it was fun it was fun but oh, yeah, yeah for that real the true dread uh, as you're saying you really knew do need at least three players I, i've always played it like four or five it's uh, wonderful um just that yeah. that trader like you you really don't know it's got that paranoia uh set into the game oh it's fantastic Absolutely, yep, it is this. definitely something I would love to try someday. Yeah, uh, one of these because that's that's a game experience I don't normally get to have. You know that yeah. that that level of interaction, interplay, uh, the, the social dynamics. All right, yes. an excellent number okay. two. All Thank right, you. let's, you know, let's maybe, go on to the top top of your list, my friend. I'm feeling kind of bad because my number one <laughs> I think is going to be a little bit more controversial. But what the heck? Let me go on ahead and oh. find it. Um, I, I, this is this is. One of the new, this is the second newest game on the list. Uh, you win with Whirling Witchcraft, and okay. it's gonna get a lot of mixed feelings. People love it or hate it. It's my number Ooh. one, Etherfields. Oh, okay. uh, Etherfields, uh, is I mean, there's no choice about it. This is definitely a horror game. Players yep. are amnesiatic characters who are lost in a surreal and definitely super, super creepy dream world. They don't know where they are. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're trying to do. And over the course of many adventures, uh, exploring all just an incredibly wide variety of interesting dream scenarios. You know what? I'm going to go back to my video because I don't know what people are going to take pictures of. Rotto, Ether Fields. There we go. We're just going to put that up. Not my prototype list because I did the follow-up. Yeah, see. Um, and it's it is a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, it's a deck builder at its heart. We should probably just uh, you know identify that right out of the deck. Um, your character is defined by all these different cards you can get and you can earn over the course of the game. And um, I mean, you will take this deck through multiple adventures, through dozens and dozens of hours worth of play if you stick with it. And it's constantly growing and shrinking and you know kind of tightening. And and the deck the the deck building is really really good. One of the key elements of the game is you know you're, you're unlike Dominion, you're not just restricted to the cards you have in hand because a lot of times you can uh, spend to put the lock these cards into place so you will keep them at the ready through multiple sessions so you have a lot of control over your deck you do a lot of really interesting things there and um so the deck building as far as i'm concerned is top-notch stuff the world itself there's two halves of the game um there's when you actually go into a dream you you have a storyline you you have to interact with people or monsters or, or spirits or all kinds of stuff you sometimes they're they're terrifying like one of the first missions we ever went on it was uh if i recall correctly, it was an abandoned shopping mall the power was out there were shadows everywhere you couldn't see more than one tile away and there were just constantly eyes glowing eyes in the darkness and every once in a while they would just reach out and grab you and try to pull you into the darkness and as we moved forward we couldn't see where we had come from anymore and we just went deeper and deeper into the dark and jen's like this is freaking me out. 
I am not <laughs> enjoying this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. You know, I mean, because it, 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 you know, the, the, the drama and the, the, the moodiness and the atmosphere. Um, and then the gameplay is really sharp too. Sometimes they're really weird, odd, surreal dreams. Like there's this one um, where you go to a mud making factory um and that is broken oh. down and the weird uh inhabitants who are creepy on themselves are like how can we get the mud working well the world will not have mud so there's a wide variety of things you do um that's one half of the game the other half of the game i don't know if you played old classic nes and super nes japanese role play adventures like final fantasy or dragon warrior where oh, yeah. oh, you, you make it to the dungeon that's what we're here to do and fight the boss but in the rest of the time you're walking around on the overworld and just having random encounters with with monsters that this game replicates that because as you are in the ether fields, you know, this, this dream world and you're going from the city to the countryside. Cause I, I know we got to get over there. Cause that's where our dream is going to be. You have a series of little like mini missions. Um, there, let's see the dreams are the main things. I forget. Uh, are they called haunts? Are that what the little ones are called or slumbers or are the, mm-hmm. are the smaller ones? And these are little like two or three minute long mini adventures where you will most coolly run into characters that you had had previous dealings with. I mean, you, you, go in you make your decisions in a big dream it destroys the world it saves the world but inevitably new characters will show up that will continue to haunt you um, and follow you or maybe help you depending on what you did as you then travel the rest of the world trying to get to the next chapter to unlock more of who we are the art is fantastic um the uh the miniatures especially if you get the deluxe miniatures which came um spot painted which i which i had i mean oh my gosh they were so great some people vehemently hate this game because of that overworld system. Um, and they're like, I don't want to have to run into the, the wailing child that keeps haunting me because I failed to save them in this other chapter. And, and now, I mean, me, I get into that. It's like, oh, I'm having to face my demons because these were this came about because of my choices. Other people are like, I don't want to do this again. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Like you talked about with Horrified, the developers have released a new module you can download and print out for free. It's just one piece of paper you have to print out that gives you a way to fast forward through the overworld modules if you okay. don't want to do that. And you can just get right to the adventures. Personally, I wouldn't recommend it because I think um, the adventures are really great, especially once you start unlocking some cool features that let you interact with them in very into, in, in, in ways that are all about you exercising empathy which is another thing I love about this game. This game is full of moments where, oh, hey, Ruel, there's a dark hole in the wall. Do you stick your hand in it? And in any game, you say, well, of course I do. I play yeah. uh, adventure games. Yeah, you touch everything. You flip every switch. Yep. You open every door. Don't do that. In this <laughs> game, there are often moments where you are given a choice that is just a bad choice. And if you could read the room and understand, yeah, you know what? Nothing good is going to come from me sticking my hand in there. I think I'm going to walk away. Um, and that just ends up creating more paranoia. Well, what if I had stuck my hand in? What if that was really important? I'll never know because we finished that adventure. Um, and you're constantly having to make choices that feel more real and natural and less scripted, even though it's entirely a scripted experience. I think it's amazing. Uh, You can watch my half hour long final thoughts where I try to address all the complaints various people have had about it. I think there's just a a lot of fundamental misunderstandings about what makes this game so special. And that's why it's my number one ether feels. Wow. And I noticed uh, when you first clicked on the link, this was from the designer of This War is Mine. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I know how much I know that you have the utmost respect for Mm -hmm. that game. You you hold that in high esteem as well. So that's, oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this, I mean, you know, this, this war of mine wonderful. is amazing because of how yeah. it treats, you know, the, the the subject matter. This game has the same reverence um, for its subject matter, and it's just a really creepy, spooky horror game. 
Nice. Yeah, that's that's something I definitely want to experience one of these days. And this was this is the newest game on the list. Is that right? Um, no, I think uh, you're whirling witchcraft because it, it only came out okay. a couple of months ago. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. All right. Friends, Great. thank you again. We, we we ran a little long this time, but that's okay. We love talking about games. We loved uh, sharing our top 10 horror games. You know, uh, someone, I, I got to mention this in chat. Someone uh, mentioned Nemesis, and I know for a fact that would make it on my list, but I haven't played you it yet. You haven't played it yet? I have not played it yet, but it looks awesome. You know, aliens on a spaceship. Come on. That, that's oh, favorite. I've heard nothing but good things about Nemesis. And yeah. actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because next month, uh, it's too bad. It didn't quite work out for this month. Next month, uh, Shay yeah. is going to be doing a run through <coughs> on the channel for it. That's right. With the big yeah. expansion that's uh, that's coming. Yeah. Um, so you will be able to find out soon because uh, yes. Shay does a great job. Yes. And also, there's another game that I'll be playing real soon. Um, I'm going to shout out my own channel on um, t- uh, Twitch here. I'm going to be playing the Night Cage real soon. I've been pumped oh, about yeah. that game. I uh, saw several well. people are mentioning Night Cage in the in the chat. Yes. Yeah. And uh, other games, that, there's so many. And like, uh, again, Fury Dracula would have been on my list as well. It just it didn't make the cut this time. That's another wonderful game. And actually, Fury Dracula you know, is a terrible two player game. It's, it's no, it's it doesn't work. It it's too. horrible. Yeah, it does not so work I, I can't recommend yeah. it. But, but it's, you, it's you good would, at what it does, but just you need four players. Absolutely. And uh, one of the like a little campier game that I like is uh, Camp Grizzly. If you ever played that, that one's like sort of like a Friday the 13th uh, style game. But so many games out there. Focusing. We've narrowed it down to our favorite, our top 10 here. Thank you again for hanging out with us as we do this. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, my friend? No, I think not. I just took a, and it looks like Alien is still standing strong with 49% of the votes. The Shining at number two, It at number three, and Get Out at number four. You folks have to get out. You voted incorrectly. Um, Yeah, I I need to get out and watch that movie. Yes, you do. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, again, folks, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with another great top 10. And uh, would you like to take us out, my friend? Yes. uh, Thanks, everybody, so much for watching and listening, because after I'm done here, I'll upload it to podcast.raw.com. And most importantly, thank you to the sponsors of the show who make this possible, Arcane Wonders. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Bye-bye.